You are listening to Everywhere You Are, a podcast produced by the Dawson Women's Ministry. At Dawson, we recognize that women's ministry is not a class or a club you join. Ministry is not confined to the four walls of a church building, and it's not limited by life stages or circumstances. Rather, ministry is living a life of service everywhere you are. This podcast seeks to encourage you everywhere you are, in the laundry room, driving carpool, at work, preparing a meal, or exercising. We believe God calls each of us to be ministers at all times, in all places. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. The Gospel of Matthew tells us that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. As you think about your daily life, what do you truly hunger for? What quenches your thirst? In this episode, our guests are Allison Parker and Caroline Pierce, and we look at what it means to live with integrity and how doing that well is countercultural in today's world. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. I'm Rachel Langston, your host, and Sarah Morlant is with me, our other host. Our guests today are Allison Parker and Caroline Pierce, and we're going to talk a little bit about integrity and what that looks like in our lives. So uh, we'll start out with Allison and just tell us where you are today. Yeah, so I grew up in Birmingham, um, a resident of uh, Mountain Brook, and I have been married for um, about 10 years. I have four kiddos. Um, I have one that's 16, so high school and all the things that driving and all of that entail, and then second grade, kindergarten, and a three-year-old. So we span the full spectrum of craziness <laughs> and, um, and have been at Dawson for about 10 years, so have a great community here. Um, yeah. Caroline. Awesome. So I am Caroline Pierce. I also grew up here in Birmingham and actually grew up going to Dawson as a child. And then um, my husband and I moved out to Dallas for the past seven years. And then we are just recently back in Birmingham. Very excited to be back. My husband is on staff here at Dawson. And then I work for a startup that is based out of LA that is in the fintech space. Okay, I don't know what that means, but the fintech. <laughs> so financial technology. Okay. Um, it's our our premise is um, using behavioral analytics to lend to customers who would be traditionally barred from the banking system. Um, so we're able to branch outside of just traditional income metrics that you know are effective for predicting sure. a customer's ability to pay off a loan, but sometimes end up being kind of classist. Um, and so we're able to lend to customers uh, based off of their phone data, how they use their phone, um, and able to slope risk pretty effectively there to expand access to debt-backed debt uh, wealth building tools. Okay. Very That's interesting. super rewarding. <laughs> I know. And 
That's really neat. So you're helping people who couldn't traditionally qualify for loans based on their background or, yeah. And yep. finding that through analytics, through looking at data, that there are people that you should be loaning to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been super interesting to just find the behavioral indicators that slope with credit worthiness um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of them out there that are a little bit more equitable than just how much money you make or how stable your job is. Very cool. Fascinating. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue into a conversation about integrity. Um, when When you hear that word, what sort of what pops in your mind? Okay. So I just literally think of this phrase that says doing what's right when no one is looking. I don't know, maybe because I'm teaching mm-hmm. children That's exactly at this point what in I my thought life. Of. Yeah. Yes. Is that, yeah. Honestly, Where did all we around. hear that? I think school. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Rogers, maybe. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. That's what I think of. What do y'all think of? Yeah. So honesty when it's hard and when um, there's other options available that might be not fully honest mm-hmm. going the going this sort of straight path to um to do what's right yeah and i also think about like um kind of dividing what's right for me versus what's right for the group and i think integrity factors in how does this impact those around me and what's right for the group and how do Mm -hmm. I pursue that? Um, Even if it means, you know, I don't get the most optimal outcome. Mm. Something in my head says, you know, integrity isn't always convenient. So sometimes the right thing to do is not the the quickest or the most efficient, Um, but that or even easy to get other people on board with. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What's that? There's another thing that's like right is right, even if nobody is doing it or right is right, even if nobody agrees or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of is what pops into my head. Are, are integrity and honesty the same thing? they're the same, but I do think that you can't have integrity without honesty, right? I think like integrity is a function of truth seeking and that if you're lying to yourself or to those around you, then it would be difficult. Yeah. So honesty is part of integrity. So I would say that, um, integrity is your honesty, like worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Because I think of honesty as much more speech related mm-hmm. and integrity much more action related. Yeah, definitely. But you're right. I don't think you can have, if you're not honest, you don't, you're not having integrity. And so. So what does this look like in various settings? Like at home, what does it look like in scripture? What does it look like in, in at work? Um is it different? Is integrity different depending on where you are? Mm. Like Sarah, I, so you've got four kids, Allison, you've got four kids. So talk about integrity in terms of parenting, maybe a little bit. Um, oh gosh. What you're, what you're <laughs> well, trying to well, teach. I'm thinking teenagers right now. Are you? Yeah. 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 Um, goodness. Yes. And just trying to instill in them that we do what we say and we cover sort of all of our bases, even if they weren't requested from us. So Mm -hmm. if, um, 
if you're going to a friend's house and you're supposed to like tell me where you're going, great that you told me you went to a friend's house. But if you're going to like run, go get ice cream and then come back and then go do this and come back, like you're not staying at your friend's house. So like, go ahead and let me know. Like let's full circle yeah. with the whole like honesty about where we are. You're not just at a friend's house. You're at a friend's house plus ice cream, plus a trip here. And, um, and we need to talk about that because it's the full picture of what's honest. Right. And I think also with teenagers and college students and, you know, as they start to go out, (laughs) they're, you know, doing what's right when no one is looking. Well, no one's really looking quite so closely anymore. Yeah. You know, your parents, I mean, way more so with college age kids. Right. Um, And so you hope that you know, you've instilled in them that sense of integrity or that they're, you know, prayerfully that they're looking to the Lord too, um, as their source of integrity and accountability. And, but yeah, like when you have life 360, if we didn't have life 360 on, would you still be doing what you say you're doing if if I wasn't checking Uh it constantly, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah. I'm also thinking of like chores, like doing what you're supposed to do yes. without having did to. Did you clean up your room or did you just shove it all under your bed? Right. <laughs> There's a difference. That's and a great example, though. Yeah. Because did you just do what somebody's going to see or did you really do the job the do way it needs the to right be right thing all the way through and through when the work was hard and you didn't want to pick up, you know, 19 loads of clothes that were on your floor? Right. Did you really do it and do the honest thing with your actions? Yeah. I love that. I like do the right thing the right way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does that translate, Caroline, you picked this up here. How does that translate it into a work environment? I think there's a lot of ways that it could translate into a work environment. I think... Um, there's kind of the piece of like, okay, how do you honor and respect your coworkers and act with integrity in building relationships with people uh, that can be from a lot of different backgrounds, have a lot of different interests, but are coming together around a problem that everyone has a shared interest in and cares Mm -hmm. about. Um, And then I think there's like, I work in a customer-based business, so there's someone consuming our product on the other side of it. And depending our interest rates or what we're charging, that has significant impacts on our customer and their ability to live the life that they want to live and the way they want to live it. And I think there's a lot of decision points that are like, okay, are we optimizing profitability here? Or are we making customer-backed decisions and thinking about this holistically for how it impacts our customer base um, and building a relationship with them long-term? And I think that's just like a... function of that decision-making process that like can't be separated, but like comes up in a lot of different like strategy decisions that we discuss and make every day. Yeah. And that's very countercultural, what you've just said. I mean, it's different than what the world is doing with regards to finance and business. Let's remember who our customer base is and who we're doing this for and making sure all the decisions we're making line up with that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's like an interest in the finance space, like an interesting dichotomy of like for-profit businesses and nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're trying to kind of hit that. We are a for-profit business, but the question is like, can you do that in a ethical way that is um, not exploitative of in consumers, but empowering? So it's well, and there's. 
I want to make a profit so I can make a living, but do I, am I am I making way more than I need? Right. Kind like of a, the excess yeah, of, yeah. Um, you know, what do you really need right, versus right. where are um, maybe resource hoarding a little bit yeah. and uh, that can be impacting other people in a negative way. So, Allison, you work in the social media world, I think. Um, I do some, yeah, marketing and operations and those sorts of things. So, how how does this resonate in in a in a world, especially with social media, that's such a an appearance base? You know where? Well, and I think a lot of it is just being really intentional um, about staying honest and about not. Um, puffing up your message beyond what you're able to serve the clients when they come back to you. Um, you know, you can make the images look good and the, the captions look good, but if you can't deliver on those and you can't back what you're saying, then all honesty and integrity of, you know, sort of what you're doing goes down the drain. Um, so just being mindful of that where you're showcasing yourself, but not um, overselling yourself. Have you ever been in a situation where you found not really a, an, a crisis of integrity necessarily, but like something you've said to your kids or something you've said to your friends, and then almost immediately you're in a situation of having to make a choice in either at work or at home, like, oh, I'm about to get to live out what I've just been, quote, preaching about. Um, I've, I've had that happen with parenting a good bit where, it's you know, I've, yeah. I've, I've preached to my children about something and then it's like, oh, here, you're about to get to show them what this looks like. Yeah. Um, or fail. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then have to circle and have back them point and say, it out to you. Right. Yes. Circle back and yes. say, I'm not perfect. Yeah. Right. So what does this look like from a, from a scriptural and spiritual basis? Sarah, you've got a blank look on your face when I said that. What does that mean? Like blank, like I don't have it. Like <laughs> she has no thoughts right now. Well, I can't tell. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about, I immediately thought about how we defined integrity as doing what's right when no one's looking. And I guess spiritually, I feel like one of our belief system is someone's always looking. God's watching you. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. It's yes. like that song, be careful little eyes, what you see, you know, right. the father up above is looking down. Um, so I guess that does sort of influence, I don't know, but that seems like a very punitive consequence driven motivation instead of, you know, the idea that um, we do what's right to be in right, to please the Lord and to, be in right relationship as, you know, um, I don't know. What do y'all think? That's just what came to my mind when you asked that. I think the same, somewhat the same way. Like we're not doing what's right. So God won't be mad at us. Right. Right. Um, but that our, our goal, our sanctification process changes our heart so that we do what's right because that's what we want to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas our fallen self isn't necessarily going for doing the hard thing because it's the right thing. Well, and in um, in that vein of like working for the Lord or serving the Lord and having your heart be in a place where you're trying to 
do all things to glorify him doing the chore or doing um the thing at work to serve your clients well or whatever should come from a place of of glorifying god because that's what you want to do not because like someone's watching you do mm-hmm. it because that that joy of being honest is with you mm-hmm Yeah. And I think there's the, um, like, I think for me, it can be easy to kind of fall into like the performance or like a perfectionism mindset of like, oh, I want to do all the right things because that's how I have integrity or like my words line up with my actions, but it can be a little like self-interested and as a result, self-critical where I can get hard Mm. on myself Mm -hmm. if I like don't succeed Mm -hmm. in all of that. And so a helpful frame for me is like the God, like in his grace invites us to participate in a kingdom that looks different than the world around us. Mm -hmm. And it's for our benefit because when, if I don't act with integrity, that doesn't just hurt people around me. It hurts me too, right? Right. There are consequences for that that are internal as well as external. Um, But it is also like what allows us to show people who God is today, right? It is the best way that we are image bearers and invite others into the kingdom of God. And I think that is just like such a beautiful piece of the Christian faith is that we're not just, it's not just all focused on the afterlife. Like God came to earth and Mm -hmm invited Mm -hmm. us to participate in what bringing heaven to earth looks like here too. And that is just fun. Like that is a really Mm -hmm. exciting and joyful thing to get to be a part of that can kind of remove some of the like expectations. Am I failing or not failing or succeeding at um, what this looks like and just be more an invitation to walk with God for how he laid out what that looks like here. Yeah, there's there's freedom mm-hmm. in in acting in a certain way or not acting in a certain way. I've had the same. I'm so excited that you kind of brought that perspective of an invitation to like, you know, he came to give us life and, and life to the full. And it's not just about the afterlife. It's about living that life now. And one of the things I've said to my teenagers, because so often what we say in our Christian faith and how we're trying to live with integrity and righteousness is countercultural, right? And so there's a little bit of an explanation. So one of the words I've been using lately is flourishing. And the God that created us knows how humans are supposed to flourish because he created us. And so that's why he lays out these quote unquote rules or laws or ways of living. It's because he knows it's what's best for us and we can follow it or not. But don't be surprised when if we don't, we're not flourishing. We're hurting, you know, and it just sort of changes your perspective and it makes it a more worshipful participation, I think. And yeah, that's a beautiful word. Yeah. I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't have a word of the year, but maybe that would <laughs> be it. It's a good one for me. It's a good one. So I'm curious. I have two college age um, children and I'm curious at their take on like work ethic. Um, and so it occurs to me that, that this whole conversation kind of plays into work ethic. And Caroline, obviously you work from home if your company is based in Los Angeles. 
Um, what I mean, what does that look like? In, what does integrity look like in terms of work ethic? Yeah, I mean, I think there's the no one is watching me every day, right? Like there's not cameras in my house checking to make sure I'm working. So I think there's integrity on following through on what I say I'm going to do because I care about what we're working on too, right? Um, and I think that, you know, I because it's a global company and a lot of the company is remote, there's a lot of different time zones that we're navigating and working across. Like I have teams in India and the Philippines and Mexico. And so the hours can be kind of weird sometimes. Um, and so with that, there's a lot of flexibility for like, you know, sometimes I'll take a break from noon to two and go do something personal because I have a call at 9 PM. Um, and I think just like having my personal boundaries, around that, around, hey, making sure work isn't becoming all-consuming and overtaking my life if it's not in, like, predefined schedules or routines. Right. But also, um, you know, following through and prioritizing the the work that I have for the day and, like, honoring the commitments I make to the people around me, I think, is important. Is there somebody or some some particular experience that has sort of been a, an example of integrity in your lives, work or otherwise, that when, I, when somebody says that word, like this is the first thing that pops into your head? I have a story. Okay. So um, I used to uh, work in like a title and closing agency and I, I was over several people and one girl just walked out on me. And so I sat down to do her work and it was work I had only seen the paper come across. Like I I was not fully versed in what needed to happen. And so uh, I gave it my best shot. I tried, you know, to fill out this closing document really well and I missed some taxes, like just missed them. And they came back and yada, yada. I want to say it was like, eight or $10,000. Like it was, it was a big old, like it was on me. I missed it. I was trying to fill in for this girl and I had to just walk in to the boss's office and say, I'm so sorry. Like I just cost you $10,000. And I, I feel like I could have skirted it or I could have blamed it on somebody else or I could have been really frustrated at the girl that left or a thousand excuses. But I just like, I don't know, just kind of gripped my teeth, walked in, owned it. And it ended up being like a really pleasant experience. Like I I was shocked at how okay it was to have made such a large mistake. Um, And I just, I just kind of keep that in the back of my mind is like, it doesn't really matter how big it is, just own it and be honest with it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it'll all work (coughs) out. Um, you know, it's expensive and things had to change and, you know, some stuff like right. that, but, um, to hide it or anything like that would have been a thousand times worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I love that. You didn't wait for somebody to figure it out. <laughs> I was terrified, but I was like, there's no, like, I have to just tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But excuse making is such a temptation. Yes, it is. I had a thousand and run through my head. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But none of them were better than just. Mm-hmm. saying it was me because it was yeah I'm, I'm thinking about a situation I had with one of my kids and who was trying to 
end a job and start another job and and I understand when you you know when you're ready to go to the next thing you're like head you know jump in and I, and we had a conversation and I said you know leaving well is as important as starting well where you're mm, going definitely and there's a way to do that the right way and not just as you, you said you had a girl walk out because you could literally in some cases just walk out and be like yeah I'm done with that and mm-hmm. move on to the next thing um, and so when I'm, I'm thinking about the whole idea of integrity being a bigger piece than just honesty or just responsibility or just dependability um, that is that is really a, a bigger package mm-hmm. yeah. so go ahead oh I was just going to say I love that example too because I think it highlights that like um, like personal accountability is a big piece of integrity and like how we act. And I think, I mean, it's just like no small feat to feel ashamed about something and then choose to act in faith of like, oh, I'm going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I, I don't think that people like choose to act out of integrity just because they're like, oh, I just don't want to do that. Or like, oh, I'm an inherently just awful person and I want to cause chaos in the world. I think there's a lot of big emotions going on Mm -hmm. in people's hearts that like are very human and very real. Um, And so I think it's just really, really powerful when people step out and act in faith of like, no, I'm going to do the right thing and trust that no matter how it's received, it's the right thing to do mm-hmm. um, because I think that also gives courage to people around you to like act that way as well. Yeah. We I mentioned culture and so how, I mean, unfortunately integrity is probably not as common as it ought to be in our culture. Yeah. Um, how does that affect either the way you, you see it or the way you, you experience integrity? knowing that you're probably in the minority. I think I was just thinking of something Caroline was saying about personal accountability and responsibility. And I think when we read the headlines and we're so disappointed in some of the um, breaks in integrity or people are not who we thought they were, I think also as Christians, we can get so engulfed in sort of sin, even as Christians, um, and you get deep into it and you don't even know, you know, that you're that deep into it. And then all of a sudden there's this big thing that happens that sort of wakes you up and then you're like, wait a minute, I didn't even, you know, I think there's some grace there too, because scripture does say that we'll be deceived, you know, that there's a lot of deception in the world. And so I don't know. I think we see that play out in um, Christian circles, unfortunately, you know, with a lot of scandals. And then I think we see it play out in the headlines as well. And it's just such a testimony to how, it's small decisions along the way. And then all of a sudden it's something big, you know, um, it's sad. Well, when you, when Caroline said personal accountability, just the word conviction popped into my mind. Like mm-hmm. that's sort of where I guess as Christians, 
the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. brings those ideas to bear that not just personally as far as integrity is concerned, but the sin. Yeah. Like, not only are you not doing what you're supposed to do in terms of being honest or um, having integrity, but you're also not doing the thing that's going to glorify me. Right. In terms of, you know, Christ being glorified. Yeah. And I love that, like in Matthew 5, it's framed as blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness Mm -hmm. sake, for they will be filled. And like that, that is the descriptor used for righteousness or integrity. Right. Because I think if we hunger and thirst for anything else, it causes us to make those compromises to act in pride or to cover up our shame or to like try to hide our mistakes and be perceived as something false for our own interest. And I think that like, it's just such a gift that God gives us that clarity of like, Hey, what it means to follow me is to hunger and thirst for righteousness for how I intended the world to be and to be like that now. Mm. Um, I think it's, and, and promising that like, and if you do that, you will be satiated. If you hunger and set your sights on anything else, you won't be, but on, on righteousness, like it can be filled through, um, through me. Mm. That's good. It's very good. So, mm-hmm. do you have scriptures that help you remember or kind of point to this? Um, I was when you said Matthew five. I was thinking Matthew. I think it's six thirty three. That seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. That and it goes with what you were saying. That if if what we're looking for is anything other than God and what He has for us, then we're probably not going to be satisfied. Or flourishing. Or flourishing, yeah. Come on, Sarah. I know you've got a scripture in there. Scriptures in my brain. (laughs) Oh. What did, do y'all have some that come to mind? Uh, Let me, I'm thinking. Let me use the um word. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm literally, I have that little earworm now. Be careful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all that's like playing in the background of my head. Um, okay, I didn't bring my Bible, so I don't have it in front of me. But the, there's a uh, psalm. Is it Psalm 1? That's blessed is he who delights in the law of the Lord. Yes. Um, because there again, it it turns you t- totally away from what our, our culture and our world says we need to be satisfied in. Well, it's like the streams of living water. And then also, you know, we're studying John mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings in our um, life group. And, you know, Jesus just says over and over in the book of John, I am the living water, um, like the woman at the well. Um, and again, it's that whole idea of hungering, hungering and thirsting and um, finding our satisfaction in him. Um yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important that like scripture doesn't promise if you do these things you will prosper necessarily, oh, right? Yeah. Or like yeah. you will I, I think it's so important that it focuses first on like what is your heart condition, right? Mm-hmm. Like what is the thing that you're actually setting your sights on because that's what will be fulfilled, right? Like Mm -hmm. God is saying, hey, if you turn your heart towards me, then 
I will bring you the satisfaction of that. Um, But we have plenty of examples of people who acted with integrity in scripture and suffered for it. Absolutely. And it didn't bring prosperity per se, but it did bring righteousness and it did bring like love to the world and to those around them um, and was just a, a true picture of who God is. And so I think it's also just important to be cognizant of like, it can have consequences, right? Um, but w- our hope is great in that it is worth it. That is such a good distinction to make that, right, especially the word pros- you may not prosper by the world standards, but you have this internal peace um, that he and his presence yeah. in the midst of potential suffering. Yeah. Okay, so we sometimes like to end with, you know, just something a little bit off topic. Um, And so since we've been talking a lot about work, um, what is, no, that's the wrong question. Who or what has had the biggest impact on your career choice? That's a good one. Mine's kind of accidental. Like I went to school to be an English teacher. Um, I got a job with a school um, working, setting up a computer lab way back in the day when there when there were no like computer labs anywhere. The Internet wasn't even really a thing yet. Um, and so I started out there, ended up going back to school to get a degree in educational technology. And I stopped working when my son was born and um, didn't work until he was, uh, the kids were in middle school. Then I came back to Dawson part-time, worked with Kristen for a couple of years and then moved into the communications department where I am now. But it's all been kind of, I didn't mean to be into technology, but then it sort of was just right place, right time kind of thing. Mine was kind of an accident too. Like um, I studied math and economics in school and was kind of at first, like I did several internships that were more like social entrepreneurship focused I uh, or like social work focused. Um, and that was just a bit heavy for me. Um, I was interning in Thailand, working with women who were leaving the sex trafficking industry. And I realized that I just don't really have the emotional fortitude for that hands-on work every day. And there was a reason I was majoring in math, (laughs) 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 not nursing, Um, mad respect for everyone who does have the emotional fortitude for that. But, um, I, um, yeah, so I was a little bit like, okay, what I thought I wanted to do isn't really what I wanted to do. And um, so I was like, I'm going to go be a consultant because that is what everyone does who has no life purpose. <laughs> That's <laughs> dramatic, but, you know, doesn't understand what they want <laughs> um, yet. 
And so I was at a consulting interview uh, for a firm in Dallas, and one of the other interviewees had taken a job in finance that they were really passionate about, um, or they had an offer and they were probably taking it, but they were telling me about it at this interview. And I was like, wait, that sounds really, really cool. <laughs> I love that idea. And he was like, well, let me connect you with a recruiter. So it was like at a job interview that I got a different job with a different company and um, ended up doing that and kind of just following that path since. Um, So I think it was just kind of a series of randomness and luck um, and just trying to be open to the opportunities around me and discern, hey, does this line up with like not only what I want to do in the world, but also my skill set, like what God Mm -hmm. has gifted me to be able to do and like being honest with myself about like what that is. I love that. Well, um, I went to Auburn for marketing and loved that. Thought I wanted to be like marketing director of Procter and Gamble before I <laughs> really understood all the things there and um, ended up actually in church communications. I was the communications director at a church in Greenville, South Carolina for several years and really loved that. Loved just the. Um, like the the coordinating and the organizing and all of the things really started to show in that space when I was managing several different um, like media outlets and you know all the things and so um, came back to Birmingham and ended up in design and really realized that design was too sort of limited for me and so through, again, a random series of events and a friend of a friend, um, I ended up in operations and helping a small company grow. And so I just, I think it's been just growing in, again, learning your skill sets and learning your purpose and um, being open to some change and open to um, finding sort of what, what fulfills you and what you are helpful um, to give back to a company. I like it. Aren't you glad that God invites us to live with integrity as a way to show people who He is? Everywhere you are today, we hope that you accept the invitation to participate in His work and that you flourish as you desire to please God in everything you do. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Everywhere You Are. Please rate and review us on your podcast platform and share us with other women that you think could benefit from hearing about God working in the lives of ordinary women. To learn more about the Dawson family of faith, please visit DawsonChurch.org and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We look forward to meeting you.